Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, publisher of Schneps Media. And this power podcast, I am delighted to be having with me Donna Lanzetta. Donna has become a friend and is out here with me in the Hamptons, but has recreated a restaurant that was, I guess, but you might say almost my childhood favorite, the Lobster Inn, has been reborn under her leadership and not only reborn, but expanded in its mission. We'll hear about that. But first, Donna, welcome. Thank you, Vicki. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I wanted to ask you, Donna, about your growing up years. I know, I think you were growing up in the Hamptons. And I just wanted to know if there was somebody uh, in your life that kind of influenced you to help you be who you are today. Oh, well, of course. Um, I did grow up here in uh, East Quag and uh, was born out here in the Hamptons. And I was guided through my life and shaped by my parents, most formidably by my mother, who was uh, had a very strong work ethic she worked uh, all of her life up to 90, she was working uh, hard. And for, from her perspective, there was never an excuse not to be working. And uh, that was uh, from when I was 14 uh, to the very day today uh, I should be working. And she instilled that in me and I thank her for that. You know, it's interesting how uh, just observing, I'm sure she never said you've got to work hard. It's just probably as a role model, right, that she was influencing you. Yes, I think back in the early days, she worked at the Bulova Watch Factory in Sac Harbor. She worked for the Internal Revenue Service. Uh, she was always working and uh, she was a great role model. I'm blessed to have her. So, you know, you've had quite a path, even going to law school. You know, and now here you are in a whole other world, not close at all to a courtroom. So tell us about what you're doing now. So what I'm doing now, Vicki, is pursuing offshore aquaculture permits for my company, Mana Fish Farms. Mana Fish Farms will be one of the first uh, aquaculture farms in the ocean, in federal waters in the United States. So this is a mission and an imperative for our nation. Right now we're importing 91% of our seafood in the United States and more than half of the seafood in the world is farmed. Yet we have no farms in our federal water zone surrounding our country. So I'm driving forward that mission and using my 30 years of legal experience uh, to pursue the permitting uh, for that, those farm ventures. We have one site that's 23 miles offshore in Florida and one site here on Eastern Long Island that's 8.6 miles uh, south of Shinnecock Inlet. So we're excited about that. So just, I mean, how do you get involved in this? How did this come to pass? You know, I, I actually came to a point in my life, it's a long story, but I'll try to make be brief, um, where after 30 years of litigation uh, and the stress of a horrendous uh, divorce actually pushed me to the point where I had health issues in my stomach, my gut, uh, colon, perforated colon, diverticulitis, and really to the point where uh, I had important decisions to make. So I decided to change my diet, pursue seafood as a primary uh, course uh, in my diet. And then I learned all these uh, 
travesties about the, the industry, the fact that uh, we're importing so much and none of it is being produced here in the United States and the $16 billion trade deficit. So the opportunity flowed from the illness. Remarkable, remarkable. And I know that what impressed me a lot was the fact that I never think twice about checking what prime beef or what kind of beef that I'm going to get, but there is no absolute, any kind of, uh, what would you call that, uh, trading trade symbols on fish? Well, there are some certifications that surround both farmed and wild seafood, but when you think about it, uh, seafood is unique as a protein source in that it's the last protein that we hunt for uh, on earth. Um, you don't, uh, everything else is farmed now. So, uh, and what happens is um, the seafood distribution chain is mistrusted and kind of broken, I'd say with many, many middlemen and uh, not enough revenue going to the farmers and the fishermen. So I think that uh, through uh, our new venture, which is Mana Seafood Blockchain, we'll be putting that seafood on the blockchain, providing traceability for both the farmed and wild products as it travels uh, through the distribution chain. The other uh, venture we have is uh, through our nonprofit, the Mana Ocean Foundation. We're beginning to certify US seafood organic to the Canadian standards. We're not the certifying agent, we're just the administrator. Our goal there is to promote US seafood by uh, getting that organic label onto it. Well, you know, I'm a salmon lover. Wherever I go, I'm saying, salmon, please. <laughs> and then there'll some people tell me it's farm or if it's wild. Um, I don't understand that at all. If you could explain what I'm eating to me, please. <laughs> Well, you don't really know because, you know, there's a 46% chance that it's mislabeled. So, so that's where this traceability and blockchain will come in to answer the questions and tell you what you're eating. Uh, but uh, there's a 50% chance that it's farmed. Uh, if it's farmed, uh, it could be sustainably farmed or it could be unsustainably farmed. Uh, if it's wild caught, it could be uh, at a quota or illegal, or it could be uh, a legal product. You don't really know um, unless you have certainty through transparency. And I think that this transparency is going to work its way throughout the seafood supply chain. And we're going to see a huge transformation in the seafood industry. The, the consumers are demanding it. Well, I know that uh, like you, you turn to fish as a basic uh, food, um, you know, fish is so popular and yet some of it, was it the scallops that I heard were no longer being, you know, with dying out? Yes, well, you know, that's, I believe, a temperature issue related to climate change. You know, we have this great challenge on earth to feed potentially 10 billion people. And we have to think about what is the most sustainable protein to produce to feed everyone. And we need to accomplish that task in the face of climate change. This is the greatest challenge of our lifetime. Well, you know, um, I know that this, these are very critical issues that you're taking on, but you also have, to me, I guess it's kind of fun having this wonderful, iconic restaurant been recreated under your guidance. Tell us about the restaurant, the Lobster Inn. So it, it's a beautiful story. I, it's my pleasure to share. You know, while I've been pushing forward the offshore aquaculture uh, permits and pursuing um, aquaculture 
globally and learning about uh, sustainability and how to do it the right way. It, there came a time where the supervisor of the town of Southampton, Jay Schneiderman, approached me and asked me if I was still looking for somewhere to grow my baby fish. And I said, yes. So I met him over. He said, meet me at the Lobster Inn. So I met him over here. And uh, there was just a variance approved for a 26-unit townhouse subdivision on this 10-acre property. And that would have been a travesty to lose this from the public. So what we did is, uh, at Jay's suggestion, we bought the restaurant, the town bought the marina, we bought the land across the street and sold the town back the development rights. And it was a beautiful thing. So now we preserved uh, Mana at Lobster Inn. We've renovated and we invite you to come and try our delicious seafood. So what's the most popular dish? Have you seen something that's the star? Besides your wonderful chef, tell us a little bit about the chef partner you have there. Well, so... When this opportunity came to Mana, I looked at the founders of Mana Fish Farm to see uh, who would make the best partner uh, for us here in this restaurant opportunity. And we were blessed to bring up uh, Jesse Matsuoka, who had been working with us on the fish farm, and for him to come in and uh, design our menus uh, and, and all of our systems and really be the expert and staff us up with the greatest culinary team. And uh, I think that what we have here is lobster, lobster, and more lobster. We have the lobster splat is back. We have a delicious uh, lobster ramen. Um, I had uh, lobster rolls every day. <laughs> so um, yes, we're trying some new specials and the menu is evolving uh, every week. So well, I can attest to having eaten there to have a treat of my life. So, you know, I think that you have um, recreated something and made it even better. But, you know, this success, it doesn't come without effort. What advice could you give some of our listeners on how to be successful? What would you recommend? Well, I would recommend that you be strongly based in faith, that you believe in yourself, that you think big because um, sometimes it takes big thinking to accomplish big tasks. And I think uh, collaboration and partnerships are really key. Uh, much of what needs to be accomplished can't be done alone. It needs to be a team moving forward. So one of my uh, great achievements I think has been building the team behind Mana Fish Farms and the Mana Companies. We have a wonderful group uh, stepping up to support this initiative. Well, I think that there's nothing like um, having great people around you. I know my mantra has always been, I'm only as good as the people around me. And I see you believe the same way. Absolutely. We've had the great pleasure of talking with Donna Lanzetta. And I am so happy to be able to have shared some of your visions and your actions in making our fish that we eat safer for us and more abundant. And you are doing an extraordinary job. Congratulations. This is Victoria Schnepp signing off until next time. Thank you.